0: Good morning, everyone. Thanks for joining us today. I'm thankful to someone who told Diane and I about the new TV series called The Chosen. It's unveiling this possible backstory of the story of Jesus, and it puts faces and personalities behind each of these disciples and some of the people that were hidden in the Bible story, like, like Mary, like the woman at the well or the leper that Jesus healed. It's amazing. I love the persnickety personality of Matthew and the bossiness of Simon Peter. And I have so appreciated seeing Jesus laugh and dance at the wedding that he changed water to wine. And he interacted with various people with grace and truth. He just loved these people. Amazing. The music and animation introducing the names of the actors and directors and all of that. In the the background, it shows fish swimming the one way, a certain way, circular way, until one of the fish changes color and goes the other way. And it's this this wonderful way of, of articulating uh, the, the picture that happens when Jesus touches a life through His ministry—it's it, it, a countercultural deal. All of a sudden, you have to go against the grain, against society and culture, because with Jesus, He changes everything. The last couple of months, we've been studying to understand on how to follow God's direction in our families because they're different in families in our day and then in Jesus' day. And so we're we're catching up on some of those things. We've talked about the husbands, or sorry, we've talked about the wives, and we've talked about the kids. Well, today, we're gonna to talk about husbands. So please open your Bibles today, if you have them, to Corinthians or Colossians chapter three, starting in verse 12 to 18. That's the context that I want you to hear, and then we'll talk about the text itself in verse 19. So please stand, if you are able. So please open your Bibles today and let's start reading the the context of our text. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourself with compassion and kindness and humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with one another and forgive one another whatever grievances you have against each other. Forgive as the Lord has forgiven you. And over all these things, All these virtues put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, since as members of one body you've been called to peace, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom and as you sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with gratitude in your hearts. Whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Here's our text. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Lord, I pray that you would teach us what this means. And this would change the way we do our marriages and our family life, we pray. In your name, amen. Allow me to start off today with a couple of overriding comments as uh, as we start our study. I'm not speaking today about how to have a little happier marriage or a little better family life. We need to learn and apply when the Bible talks about the inner transformation of our lives because of the resurrected Jesus who lives in us and through us. That changes things. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, in God's Word, it says... Christ living in you, the hope of glory, when God resides in us, we will love differently and live our lives differently. As children of the most high, holy God, he puts the Holy Spirit in our lives to transform us and to work through us to love others. I hope you got all that because there's a whack of theology in there. Having said that, there's a, there's a countercultural call of God upon our lives because we are called to be different than the normal husbands of our world and normal wives. Jesus lives in us. His presence changes everything by helping us live out our identity. God adopts us as His children and calls us to live together with grace and with truth. There are some difficult challenges that we realize, that we've got to realize today. We as married couples are called of God to submit to each other and to love each other. And for some, that's a problem because they won't submit to anybody. Wives, here's the biblical truth in verse 18 and 19. It teaches us that you find it hard to believe that it is difficult for your husband to love you as it is for you to submit to him. And husbands, here's the biblical truth as well. This text teaches husbands that you find it hard to believe that it is difficult for your wife to submit to you and respect you as it is for you to love her. Both of you think you got the short end of the stick. A couple of weeks ago, uh, we addressed how wives need to obey God and choose an attitude of mutual submission. Well, today, we're gonna look at what the Bible says to husbands, and and it says, obey God and choose an attitude of unconditional love for your spouse. If husbands and wives do not follow biblical directives, then the chaos that occurs will be awful. Men will find someone other than their wife to respect that, that respects them, sorry, and wives will someone will find someone else who loves and is kind to her other than her husband. What does God ask us to do as husbands? Number one, be an example of god's love to your wife. 1 John is filled with passages on this. See what great love you have; the Father has lavished on us that we should be called the children of God, and that is who we are. 1 John 3, 11. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another. 16. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. Verse 18. Dear children, do not let love uh, try to love without words words or speech, but with actions and with truth. Verse 23. And this is the command to believe in the name of the son Jesus and to love one another as he has commanded us. First John chapter four, starting in verse seven, dear friends, let us love one another for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son to the world that he might live through him. No one has ever seen God, verse 12. But it is, if we love one another, God lives in us and through us, and his love is made complete in us. So to sum all this up, husbands, when you love your spouse, you really are loving God and allowing God to work through you to love your spouse. Watching uh, the the chosen and reading the Gospels revealed uh, how Jesus lived and did ministry, he never yelled at his disciples. He just loved them. His love drew the disciples to himself. It wasn't simply his wisdom or those kind of things. He loved them. God's word is simple to us, submit, even to the other person if they don't deserve it, and love, even if they don't deserve it. God never says to us, I love you, or, or you need to deserve certain things before I love you. The Bible says this, we were yet sinners. Whilst we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We do not deserve God's love, yet he loves us. Some of you may say, well, you, know, you don't know my wife. Well, maybe so. But God made your wife and he wants to work through you to change your wife to become like Jesus. God calls you to love her. As the Christ loves the church, Ephesians 5 says, you might need some, some more grace and you need to ask God for that. And again, just as long as you understand you've chosen and, and been able to have God work in you and through you, your wife will be changed as well. What, is, what else does God ask us to do as husbands? Number one, sorry, number two, be head of the home. Ephesians 2, 5, 23 says, For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is head of the church, his body, which is he is the Savior for. What does it mean? The husband is the head of the family is sometimes wrongly seen as a position of authority. He's the boss or he's the big kahuna. That's not it at all. The head of the family is synonymous with the headwaters of a river. Let me, let me ask the same way the rivers start. Husbands, you and I, it all starts with me or us as husbands. In fact, maybe you should say that with me. It all starts with me. Think with me. Where did the Fraser River come from? Somewhere up in the interior of BC, somewhere up some mountain, a little stream started, which became a creek, which became a little river, then a big river, and now look what we got. This text means that we are the source of a lot of things that should come to our spouse or children. They come through us. Things like joy and protection and strength and love and grace, forgiveness, obedience. It all starts with us as the head of the family. How are you doing in this? In essence, God tells the wives of our church to go to their husbands. He expects us to be the source. He pours that into our lives and we are to pour it into our kids' lives and our spouses' lives. Now, the sad reality is when some wives come to their husbands, there's no water there. There's no grace there. She rightly goes back to God and is frustrated. We miss opportunities of showing grace to her. And sometimes we're not sensitive to pick things up. We're self-centered. Husbands, do you realize that God will hold us accountable for the lack of source and for the love, lack of love in your wife's life? We need to be the head of the home because it's the source of prayer and love and grace. That's what God is asking us to do. We need his help in us and through us to love our wife correctly. You need to ask. Let's stop for a moment and address something about real love, as I believe there's too many wrong definitions of love flying around in our culture. We love pizza. Oh, come on. Although I do love love pizza. First two comments. Love is the key to God's plan to redeem us and to restore all people to himself. The Bible tells us that it was love that compelled Jesus to come to the earth and to live and die for us. He paid the price for our sins and all of our brokenness. It is love that releases God's salvation to us and for us. Secondly, love is also the basis of all healthy relationships. Kind of obvious, isn't it? Love, if there's no love, there's no friendship. God wants our friendship. He has said that many times. He wants to love us, and then through us, others get blessed and loved. Husbands, we hold the responsibility for this with our wife. We need to be the first to love. The headwaters of our relationship starts with us. Let's look at three biblical terms for the use of the word love in the New Testament. Phileo is the first one. It means brotherly love. It means deep friendship of love. Often, it's used to describe a best friend that has many things in common with you. Numerous times I've talked to my kids before they were married about the importance of phileo love because in a marriage you can't, it isn't just good enough that you love your spouse, you have to like her as well. If a couple doesn't have things in common, then many times their friendship is, is stymied and the marriage gets stressed. You need to like your spouse as well as love your spouse. What's the friendship factor in your marriage, Husbands? Then it's up to us to change it if we don't think it's right. There are some good things and very wholesome things coming through our spouses to you or to your spouse. But husbands, don't miss opportunities of deep friendship development, which means do stuff together. Go to a movie. Go to the theater. Do some knitting. I don't know. Whatever draws you together. That's important. Another term used for love is eros. And Pastor David is going to talk about that next week. I'll just leave that with him. The third term of love is agape, which is described by two um, English terms, welcome and honor. To welcome means to make space for someone, to include someone in your life. It means no hiddenness. It means honesty. To honor is to value, to respect, and to uplift someone, to encourage someone, help someone. Agape is always the term that is used of God's love for us. That is amazing and selfless love. Husbands, another question for you. Do you love your wife with all three definitions of the word love? Husbands, are you the headwaters of your love relationship and friendship factor of your wife? If not, you can change it. Back to the question we were asking before about real love. Let me tease something else for you. So let me talk about a few things that love is. Number one, love is a choice. It is critical to understand that love is not just a feeling or a sense of togetherness, a quiver in your liver. No, no, love is a choice. Now that sounds a little bit like Dr. Spock on Star Trek, doesn't it? No feelings. Well, it's not, it's not as dreamy as Disney comes out to where we are commanded of God to love each other and you cannot command a feeling. God asks us to love and promises that he will love through us if we've chosen that and strengthen our love factor of our spouse if we have asked for. We still have to choose. The choice to love means that we do not try to feel ourselves into obeying, but we need to obey ourselves into right feelings. Get this. Again, you don't wait for love to come before you feel it. You do what is loving and obey God as what is loving, and God will give you the right feelings. Again, don't try and feel yourself into an action, but rather act yourself into correct feelings. This is huge. In fact, I want to illustrate this and spend a little time on this with you. Years ago, when I was just started as a senior pastor in a different church, my secretary rushed in and said, there's a couple here that wants to see you. you don't have a, they didn't have an appointment, but can they see you? Sure, come on. It turned out that this couple was married for a number of years, and now it was just simply loveless. They were on their way to sign the final divorce papers that that they had their lawyer draw up for them, and they said as they were driving down the the road by our church, they said, well, let's just stop and talk to Mark for a while. Uh, Kind of like we got nothing else to lose. Let's, uh, you know, what, what could it do? So we sat down. I asked a few questions trying to understand where they were at, and then in their words, they were they just didn't love each other anymore. They weren't mean about that, and they were and they were trying to do things right, but it was just a matter of fact. Have you ever been in a situation where you need to pray and get something quick, and in the middle of a conversation, I was going to ask God for a miracle or some insight or something. I was all there. I kind of start by asking God quickly, uh, do you want me to say anything or do anything? or Any Revelation 2.5 comes to mind. I didn't know what Revelation 2.5 was about in content, but it came to mind. So I went and got my Bible, and it read this. Remember the height from where you have fallen. Repent and do the things you did at the first. That was a text that was given, I think, in uh, the ancient church of Ephesus, and I think it pointed this couple the right way. Number one, remember the wrong, the, some of the things that you used to do. Say you're sorry when you got some things wrong and redo the loving things that you used to do now. So I gave them each a piece of paper and I asked them to write down what, what it was when they did love each other a year ago. What was it like? What were some of the things they did? And they wrote those all out. And, and then, um, what are some of the, another piece of paper, what are some of the things you wished never happened? You were wounded by those. You, you, maybe you did that, but you didn't apologize for it. Write those things down. And lastly, I asked them to write down seven things that the other person, the other spouse, used to do early in their marriage, but stopped doing that for some reason. The spouse, they, they don't do that anymore for you. Now, I got all their papers together, and, and then I said, okay, um, Go to the go. have some coffee or something, and I'd like you to switch papers and read it to each other on how things were, what it was like when we did love each other, what was it like when I was wounded, and what happened there, and they actually used that time to apologize to each other. Last day, I asked them to take those seven things, especially that, and, and, and give it to the other person, and in the next seven days, do one of those seven things that you used to do to your spouse every day, but now you don't do that anymore. And then, seven days, and come on back and see me. Well, in seven days, guess who walked back in my office? Holding hands. And I last saw them, when I last saw them a few years ago, they were still holding hands. Feelings follow obedience. Simple, simple thinking. To choose love means we will not try to feel ourselves into obeying, but to obey ourselves into right feelings. Love is a choice. Secondly, love is not a reaction. This is a huge issue for many of us. Many of us as husbands will treat our wives depending on how they have treated us. Now this is very difficult, especially if the husband or the wife is immature. Maturity is, okay, they'll get over it, but it's the key to loving well. Immaturity leads us to the trap called, I will be nice, but you have to be nice first. And if you don't be nice first, it's over. Because as husbands, we are the headwaters of our relationship, We choose a high ground of unconditional love like Jesus did for us, for our spouse. Love is also about listening. Talking is good. Talking is not simply about a transmission of information, but a sharing of one's soul and feelings. When Diane's uh, grandmother was alive, she would talk to her friends on the phone. And when she was done talking, she'd hang up. They were still mid-sentence talking back to her, but we said, Grandma, what are you doing with that? She said, Hey, I said what I needed to say. It's that, that's not what I'm talking about. Listening is, is about getting a little peek on the inside of what's going on with your spouse. It's deep friendship and support and love, which is critical. Husbands, learn the importance of asking great questions, not questions that she can answer with one word. So how's your day? Fine. Don't use that one. It doesn't get you anywhere. But maybe tell me the best part of your day or the worst part of your day or how I can help. We need to strategically listen and ask great questions. Some of you, I know, when you talk to me, you don't even have supper together, so you lose that time to talk together. Any time you can, get together and talk. By the way, do you know the love language of your spouse? Lots of books out there and some websites you can go to to find out what is your husband and what is your wife's love language. Saying that is understanding what really moves their heart and then using that to love them even deeper. The last phrase I'd like to give you, I think, is love is to sacrifice. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave, he sacrificed, his one and only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Love is about sacrificing for the others. Husbands, what do you need to sacrifice that will help you love better? So husbands, do you understand why and how God has asked you to love your wife? Do you accept the responsibility to be the headwaters to bless and protect your wife? Do you need to ask your wife, how are things going? And listen to her. Will you ask God to transform you on the inside so that Jesus can love through you to her? That's what this text is asking. Amen? Amen. Lord, thank you for today. Thank you for the wisdom of your text. And we would pray that as husbands and wives go from here, there would be repentance. There would be remembering the way things ought or were and now ought to be. And there would be a time when we ask you specifically to love our spouse through us. We pray that we would man up on this, Jesus. And do exactly what you did, love and sacrifice. Help us with this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. God bless you.